0: Of her mouth be pleasing to you, oh Lord. Would it bring honour to you and be such a gift to us this morning? In your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Beth. Is this is this on? I actually I haven't used one before, so you you can hear me. Amazing. Perfect. Well, yeah, thank you so much, um, Beth, for that little intro. And yeah, I must say this conference would not be happening without everyone who has helped pull it together. So there is an incredible team from people, the incredible Michaela who designed the branding and the logo, to the team of people that have helped set this up and really just brought the vision to life. So it's um, certainly not just me, there really is a big team of people behind today that have helped make it happen. So, And uh, even Em, who won't like me mentioning her name, doing all the refreshments and serving, and that is such a huge part, but She's a star doing it. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Asha and the band, for leading us in such incredible worship. I kind of didn't really want it to end. It's kind of hard to know where to go with these things. You just think, oh, just keep on going. But um, no, thank you so much. That worship was just incredible and a perfect platform into my talk today. So, Bloom 2023. I'm going to be talking about fighting for freedom. Now, when you think of the word fight... There are many different things that may come to your mind. Perhaps it's fighting with your family, maybe arguing with your siblings. I know my brother and I definitely clashed it several times in our life. Perhaps it is fighting with your parents. Perhaps it's actually fighting for your family. Maybe you're fighting with the enemy. Maybe you're fighting with God and you don't understand and you're trying to work out what's going on. There are so many different kinds of fighting that we might have in our lives. And at some point in our lives, different areas are going to face a battle, whether that's family, friends, relationships, perhaps in your career, within your finances. I know this is a really tough season for so many people at the moment, so I've no doubt that people will have several different battle areas that they are currently in. Now, in the Bible, we see men fighting physically. For example, David, Solomon, Samson. But women, they fought spiritually. We are women of God, and in the Bible, God uses the improbable to do the impossible. He uses the extraordinary, the ordinary to do the extraordinary. There are so many women of faith, and I'm just going to touch on a couple here. In the book of Genesis, we see Sarah in her old age birth a son. In the book of Joshua, we see Rahab the prostitute protect her and hide the Israelite spies from the king of Jericho. In the book of 1 Samuel, we see Hannah, who was barren, birth a son. And in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we see Mary birth our saviour, Jesus. Have you ever wondered, how on earth can God use me? How can he use little old me in Milton Keynes? I am a pinprick on this world, in this earth, on this earth in the world. But I'm telling you now, God can use every single one of us. And if you don't know how, ask him because he will tell you, he will provide a path, and he will give you direction. So, today I'm going to look at three main points. For those that are taking notes, it's three D's. We've got dress code, discipline, and discipleship. Okay, so my first point dress code. Now, get yourself dressed. I don't know about you, but in the morning, I get myself dressed, I get changed from my pajamas to my day clothes. Now, granted, they may, it's usually leggings and a baggy hoodie, and it's probably stained in like baby poo, but I'm trying to get dressed. I'm preparing for the day. I brush my teeth. I get in the shower. If we're lucky, I brush my hair. I'm getting dressed. I'm trying to be prepared for what comes in the day. As Christians, we must be ready. We must be prepared so that when we find ourselves in a spiritual battle or a natural battle, and we need to make a crucial decision, we are ready to suit up and we are ready. Now, Jesus has already won the war, but I do believe that it's our decision as Christians as to how we suit up and fight the battle. Often we can make a big decision or perhaps be caught unaware by a situation when we're not properly prepared. And this can be where compromises end up happening and we find ourselves in a bit of a sticky situation. Now, I'll tell you a story. So six years ago, I made one of the biggest decisions of my life. Can anyone have to guess what it could be? Woohoo! That's it. It was to get married. I accepted Dylan's proposal of marriage six years ago now. Now, to give you a little bit of context, some of you already know, but Dylan Dylan and I dated for about six months, at which point? I jumped on an aeroplane and went to America. I went to America for three months to um, be a Zumba instructor uh, for hundreds of children in America, so doing Camp America. Now, at the beginning of our relationship, this seemed like a brilliant idea. I'd always wanted to do it. It was such a fantastic opportunity. However, six months into a very serious relationship, going to America for three months, not such a good idea. I can only apologise to Tim and Asher and Steve and Esther, who had to deal with and console Dylan for three months whilst I was away. I think I think the amount of Ben and Jerry's he got through was pretty horrendous, but I thank you. He's still alive and we, we certainly survived. Anyway, I knew that on return, Dylan was going to be proposing probably within about four to five weeks. I... Knew this man well and I loved him very dearly. And I wanted to be as prepared as possible for the moment that he was going to get down on one knee and hand me a ring. I wanted to be prepared and ready. So although I knew this man, I did not know how he intended to propose. I wasn't sure, was he going to be at the door of the aeroplane, so excited to see me with a ring in his hand? Was he going to be perhaps at the gate of the airport as I walked through and there with roses and flowers throwing my direction? He was going to be there with a ring. Or was he going to wait me a, ask me to wait a couple more weeks? I honestly had no idea. Now, as vain as it may sound, forgive me, Lord, I wanted to look good. I wanted to look really good. It was the first time seeing him in three months. And I wanted to have my hands perfectly manicured for that ring shot picture that all us girls want so that, you know, I could show off my hand with a beautiful shining ring. And I wanted to be as ready and prepared as possible. I, like I said, I had my nails done in New York and I'd packed a clean, nice-ish change of clothes to get into before getting off the flight and seeing Dylan. However, I don't know about you girls, But after an eight-hour flight, my pits are sweaty, I absolutely stink, and I've eaten airplane food for the past few hours. I was not feeling my best. I desperately needed to grab the Listerine, get out of my joggers, and put some Dio on. I wanted to be prepared. Now, let's not lie. Dylan probably couldn't have cared less what I was looking like after getting off that plane. And it certainly was a very easy decision for me to accept his marriage proposal. But like I say, I wanted to be prepared. Anyway, long story short, he did make me wait another week. And if you want to know that story, I'll, I'll tell you another day. Um, but anyway, I make a joke of being prepared, right? But you get the gist. We prepare for so many things in the natural, but we are so often underprepared in the spiritual. And what I'm looking at here is how we can get ready, get prepared, how we can be armoured up in Christ. So I'm going to read now from Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20, where we hear about the armor of God. Okay, so Ephesians, yeah, Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor, say full armor, of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on your full armor. Say full armor again. Also note, not half armor, full armor. He's not telling you to put half of it on. He's telling you to put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. Say belt of truth. Buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness. Say it, breastplate of righteousness. In place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Say gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith. Shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. Say it, helmet of salvation. And repeat after me, sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, not just some, but all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make, know, be make, make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fiercely, as I should. Okay, so we're talking here about the full armour. So I said before, we're not talking about the half armor. We're talking about the full armor of God. You may think that, you know, you are full of patience. You could be the most patient person in the world. But if you have no joy, you're not fully armored up. You could be the most joyful person in the world. But if you're not patient at all, I feel like I can definitely relate to this one. You are not fully armored up. We need to be fully armored with with joy, with patience, with truth, with peace. We need to be protecting ourselves with the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. So every day, perhaps this could be several times a day for some of us, put on your armour. I want everyone to be reading and believing these verses over themselves. We want to be putting on our armour so that we can stand firm in whichever whichever battle we're in. Now, we have different battlegrounds in our life, which I mentioned before. Family, career, finances, relationships. But let's be making sure that when we do face battles in these areas, we ask God for help. Because in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The enemy isn't trying to pinch us or tease us or gently push us in a certain direction. He's trying to take your head off. He is not a nice enemy. He is evil and he is trying to attack and destroy us. He is wanting to devour, destroy and steal the ground on which we stand, in which Christ is our firm foundation. We must resist and stand firm as he sends fiery darts in our direction. We can do this every day as we dress up in the full armour of God. Perhaps you haven't picked up your shield of faith in a while and you are suffering and struggling, let's say, with, you might be riddled with anxiety and struggling to sleep. I challenge you, have you picked up that shield of faith? Now, with the shield of faith, you may pick it up, and a fiery dart may go, might go straight into it. But if you're wearing your breastplate of righteousness, at least it's going to hit that first before it hits you. This is why it's so important to be wearing the full armour of God. And again, with the breastplate of righteousness, you might find that the fiery dart goes through that as well. And you might feel that heat. And it's quite likely that you will when fiery darts come your your way. But I can tell you now that if you are fully armoured up, it is not going to hurt or be as painful if you have the breastplate of righteousness and that shield of faith. Now, I want to be really clear. These verses that I've read are not for just for the preacher. They're not just for the worship leader on a Sunday. They are for each and every one of us. It is so important that we read these for ourselves and we don't think, oh, that's just for, you know, Anna on the stage or Asher or Dylan or Brad or Beth or whoever it might be. This is for every single one of us. Now, in Greek times, a shield would have been the size of a door. So I'm pretty small, okay? So you imagine the size of a door. That would have been your shield. You would have it so that you are totally protected from whatever is coming your way. Now, it would certainly cover me. It would probably cover someone, well, it would cover someone far taller. But I wonder, are there any areas in our lives where actually we're exposed? Perhaps our shield is a little bit smaller than it should be. And we need a big Greek door-like shield of faith. If we're not protected by the shield of faith, like I say, it means that when a fiery dart comes our way, it's going to hit us. So I challenge you, when you are feeling, when you've got areas exposed, pick up your shield of faith, cover yourself, protect yourself, and remember that breastplate of righteousness as well so that the fiery dart does not come through and destroy us. It might hurt us, it might anger us, but it's not going to break us down like it would if we weren't wearing the breastplate of righteousness and the shield and having the shield of faith. So my second point now is discipline being persistent and obedient in faith. There are so many women of faith in the Bible. Uh, One of the examples I'm going to use is Hannah, who was the mother of Samuel. So from Samuel, we get the genealogy of David and so on and so forth. So some incredible men uh, men in the Bible. So Hannah really was such a key person in the Bible. And she was mocked and accused in her barrenness. She was tormented but she took her pain and her grief to the Lord. So I'm just going to read now 1 Samuel 12 to 16. I think it should come up on the screen or you can find it in your Bibles. So 1 Samuel 1 verses 12 to 16. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. So here we see Hannah. She was mocked and accused and she was deeply troubled. Have you ever been deeply troubled? Perhaps you've been troubled. Let's say, um, let's take parents in the room. Perhaps your, your daughter is really suffering with their self esteem and it's really tough and you just don't know how to get through to her and you're feeling really troubled by this. Or perhaps you're deeply troubled. Perhaps she's being cyber bullied and you don't know where it's coming from and you just don't know how to stop it. Now, Hannah was deeply, deeply troubled. But may this be a reminder that where she took her pain and her anger to the Lord, may this be a reminder that we can do that too. I think we so often feel the lord doesn't Lord doesn't have time for me right now. This seems small or insignificant, but no, the Lord wants to hear what, where we're He knows what we're doing, He knows what current circumstance or situation we're in, and He wants us to take our pain and our grief and our anger to him. He knows what we're going through right now. You may find that hard to believe, especially if you um, perhaps are, perhaps you don't know that much about Jesus or the Lord. But actually, God knows exactly what you're going through right now. He knows which season you're in. He knows what situation or circumstance you're in. Ilsa, he knows what you're going through right now. Shania, he knows exactly what you're going through. Asher, he knows exactly what you're facing at the moment. Gail, he knows exactly what you're going through at the moment. God knows. He knows what we're going through and he loves us so dearly and he wants to walk with us through our pain. I can look back on so many situations in life where I thought I knew best and I thought, God, if you could just give me this career promotion now, that would be great. Or, Lord, I'm really ready for a boyfriend. Please send one my direction. Or, Father, I really just want a husband now. Please, Lord, send one my way. I was convinced that I knew best. However, oh my word, I am so glad of God's timing. And this is what we see in this passage. We see God's timing. In verse 20, it says, uh, it says, so in the course of time, Hannah, uh, the Lord, in the course of time, The Lord remembered her and gave birth. uh, She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God knew best. I thank God for his timing. In the end, all perfect decisions are only made in hindsight. God, God knows his timing is best. So in her waiting, she was patient. She was persistent and obedient in faith. Waiting is so key for men and women in the Bible. When we read chapters of the Bible, maybe even books of the Bible, it can seem like something happens so quickly. And we forget that actually these things took 40 days and nights, 40 years, decades even sometimes for things to happen. But when we read it, it seems like, oh, you know, and then the next day this happened. No, it took so long. Waiting was so key for men and women in the Bible. Hannah just being one of the examples. Let this encourage you if you're in a season at the moment of waiting and you're wanting perhaps it is similar to how i was you're you're wanting a spouse so desperately or perhaps you're really in, you're praying for children or you're praying for that next career promotion or perhaps your finances are struggling and you desperately need that pay rise keep praying to the Lord. I'd encourage you, write letters to the Lord, perhaps write letters to your future spouse, your future children, so that they can see the waiting and the prayer that you gave to them in those times, in those days. So let this encourage you. Be in prayer for such great things because God answers prayer. He listens. He delivers. He promises in Exodus 14 verse 14 to fight for us. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, he promises to protect us. And in Isaiah 40, verse 3, he promises to give us strength. Now, we're going to see this afternoon how God has done this for some of the women here today. I am so excited for our sofa session Testimony Time. And we are going to see how these women have battled. And these aren't small battles they face. These are big battles that they fought through but they have found freedom. And for some, they're still fighting freedom. And I believe today, there are so many of us that are fighting for freedom. And these are a couple of ways in which I believe we can fight. So my first couple of points there, putting on the full armor of God and being persistent in faith. So just as God fights for us, we need to actively fight even if it's just taking baby steps, one small step at a time, Jesus is rejoicing because he sees us through Jesus's eyes of perfection. Now, I've read a really interesting book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Some of you may have heard of it. Now, he talks about changing one tiny thing at a time, just a tiny, tiny thing. For some, this may be, well, yes, tiny thing at a time, but as as you continue to do these things, you might create a habit. And from that habit, things can bloom and grow and blossom. And then you can start new habits and you get into a pattern of actually doing incredible things. And you may, it could lead to, you know, lifestyle changes or different habits, good habits, getting rid of bad habits, for example. Anyway, great book. I would encourage you to read it. But that aside, perhaps for some of you, it may be reading just a verse a day. Now, this might sound silly because you might think, oh, so easy just to read a verse a day. But I challenge you, if you're struggling to read your Bible at the moment, just try just one verse a day. Read a verse a day, let's say for a week. And then maybe on the second week, you might try reading two verses a day. And perhaps the third week, maybe you'll be on three. But before you know it, just by creating that habit, by creating that routine and pattern, you'll find yourself reading chapters and probably at some point books. Now, granted, they may be the shorter books in the Bible, but you will probably find yourself being in that pattern and that routine of reading and creating a habit. And I really really challenge you guys that... Perhaps that to pick something that is going to bring you closer to Jesus. So, for example, praying for a minute a day, reading a verse a day. Now, I know a lot of the women here, and I would encourage you to find someone and ask them to hold you accountable to it. And ask them, you know, check in with each other, be prayer partners together, be Bible reading partners together. I know we've done quite a lot of that um as part of True Life Church in our mum's group, for example. We've read together, we've prayed together, and we've built that pattern and that habit, which has been so encouraging. So start small. Start where you're at. Don't feel any shame or guilt for not having read the Bible for maybe however long it's been, but start today, start where you're at and watch it bloom and grow. So my third point, discipleship. Surround yourself with community. And if you're part of a church, surround yourself with your church family. In our community at True Life Church, we aim to be... There we go. I didn't even ask. I didn't even line that up. But you guys know, Dylan and I clearly do this enough that you, uh, you know to say that. Um, anyway, in our community at True Life Church, we do. We aim to be real, radical, and relational. I just want to clarify. We are very much a community. We are not a cult. We are a community and we love doing life together. Whether that's through church on a Sunday, life groups, socials, netball, football, there are so many different things that we do as a church. But church for us is an everyday concept. It's not just something that we rock up to on a Sunday. We are doing life together all through the week. Now in Proverbs 27 verse 17, it says, iron sharpens iron. Now to give you a bit of context around that, that means challenging each other for the better, not for the worse, for the better. Let's be helping each other to improve, to lead better, to serve better, and to love better. Sometimes this may be, this may mean a little bit of correcting or challenging has to be done from what someone has said. Now, I've been challenged and corrected several times in life. I cannot say it was nice. However, it's usually meant I've had to eat my pride, reflect, think, hmm they were right, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that, and I've had to move on. Now, being lovingly corrected can be a great thing, and I do believe in my life a lot of fruit has come from it. But I do politely ask that if you do need to lovingly correct someone, you grace sandwich it in. So for those of you that don't know what a grace sandwich is, I will use an example. So let's say I have led worship on a Sunday. Now, Tim and Asha head up worship. So perhaps Asha might come to me and she might say, loved your enthusiasm this morning anna great job she then might say perhaps we could work on those chord progression on the keys chord progression on the keys i think it could do with a little bit of work and then she finishes it off by saying but i can't wait to see how god's going to use you in the future now <laughs> That is a very tame example. If my husband Dylan was preaching, I'm sure he would be an absolute savage and destroy someone in the congregation. But that is my very tame example. You get, you get the gist. There we go. So in, in Proverbs 31, it says, strength and honor are her, are her clothing. She can laugh at the days to come. So let's be having fun in our community. I can tell you now, it is possible to be persistent and obedient in faith, to be armoured up and to be having fun. I have a lot of fun. As challenging as church planting can be, it is a lot of fun. And we do get so, so much joy from it. So let's be encouraging our sisters here today, our sisters in Christ to do great and greater things. Let's be putting an end to the spirit of comparison. Because it just breeds discontentment, anxiety, insecurity. So let's stop comparing ourselves to each other because we are each our own person. And God has made us as we are. It is the thief of joy. I personally, I stopped using my personal Instagram account when Maya Grace, my daughter, who is now two and a half, was about nine months old. I found, my, found every single time I went on Instagram, I'd kind of log in, I'd have a little look, and I'd just see pictures of mostly my friends that weren't married, that didn't have children, traveling the world, going to glamorous parties in London. And I just thought, I just had this knot in my stomach. I just felt sick. And I thought, this isn't okay. Why am I? I'm literally putting this on myself. I'm choosing to go on Instagram, have a look, where I know that I'm just going to come away feeling a little bit worse. Now, the funny thing is, I had friends that were looking at my pictures that I was putting of Maya Grace and thought, oh, doesn't she live the perfect life? Look at her beautiful child. She's so happy. Trust me, any mums in the house with young children right now will tell you it is near impossible to get a picture of your child smiling. The picture that you might see on Instagram was very much a highlight reel. It would probably take 50 pictures before you get the one of my daughter smiling. So my life looks pretty idyllic to them, just as mine looked, um, just as theirs looked to me. So like I say, little did they know, my life was certainly not that highlight reel that they were seeing on Instagram. So I got rid of my personal account and I've chosen to, I must say, it stopped that breeding of insecurity, anxiety every time I go online. So I think what I'm trying to say here is let's not be rooted in how many likes we have, how many comments we receive, how many WhatsApp messages we get each day, what happens, how many phone calls we get in the week, how many emails we receive, how many TikTok messages we get. All these different generations. I'm trying to cover all here. Um, but let's remember that we are rooted in the love of Christ. Now, we live up or down to what we've, who we've been told we are and what we believe about ourselves. And I pray that you have been told how incredibly awesome you all are. I pray that that is all you've ever been told. However, even from my own experience, I wonder if potentially that's not totally true. Maybe you've been told, could have started young, you can't kick that ball, you can't catch, you're useless, you can't bake, you can't cook. Maybe you've been told these things, and if you are told them enough, you do, you start to believe them, even when they're not true. Now, at school, I believed that music was my thing. Now, because music was my thing, sport was most definitely not my thing. I didn't get involved in sports other than in P lessons at school. And that was about it because I thought, no, music is my thing. However, as I've grown older, I've come to realize that I love sports. Like I say, I taught Zumbra for three months in America. I love to run. I love fitness. And I even love a little bit of netball. You can ask, we have a church netball team, a little bit of promotion for that. I see the girls on the front row. Um, yeah, church netball is great fun. And you can ask Coach Molly if I'm any good, which... Is slightly debatable. Um, But we do have a lot of fun. And at least I can compete, even if it does mean throwing Victoria on the floor. I can only apologise, Victoria, for that. Um, Anyway, what I'm trying to say is um, if there's one regret I had from school, which I absolutely loved, by the way, it's probably just not getting involved in sports. And that was something that I put on myself. It was no one else, but I believed I'm musical, I'm not sporty. Therefore, I didn't do any sports. But the best, what I, what I can encourage you with is that in those things that you don't believe you're good at, God can totally turn those around. For example, if you don't think, oh, I can't pray. Actually, I challenge you. You can pray. Just start small and start to build that habit. Perhaps you're saying, I'm not a reader. I can't read. Did you know there are so many different ways now that you can connect with the Bible? You might listen to it on audiobook. We you, There are so many different versions of the Bible. You know, have a little listen. See what you might be able to listen to, what you might rather read. Perhaps it might be some stuff online. I say that hesitantly because there's some interesting things online. But, you know, for example, if you're wanting to know more about a book of the Bible, I personally really like the Bible Project. I think they have some fantastic sort of summaries and video form of what happens. So I'd encourage you just to connect with those different things. Start small and grow where you're at. Now, the best advice for a sportsman is to keep your eye on the ball. Now, for Christians, it's to keep your eyes on Jesus. Run as fast as you can towards him and don't look back. Don't be looking to your left or your right. Don't be looking who's behind you because people will be running alongside you and there will be people behind you. But there will also be people in front of you. And at the very front should be Jesus. And that is where we want to be running towards because we are warriors of God we have a purpose we are fearfully and wonderfully made and we are daughters of god so i wonder now if we can just stand as i close in prayer so if everyone wants to everyone wants to stand if if able so father god as we stand together as family sisters in christ equip us to be women women who are brave bold who are persistent and obedient in faith. Remind us to armour up every day, being prepared to fight, encouraging and empowering each other, standing firm in our, in our beliefs, for us, for our church, our community, our family. Amen.